You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. It's great to have you. I know we have a lot of new listeners. The uh, the listening the listening viewing audience listening audience has been up a great deal this last couple weeks. I mean, lots to discuss around the NFL. I urge you to check out the rest of the network. Go check out your favorite team, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Colts, whatever it might be. And a big reason for our spike is the addition of someone like Mike Sando. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, not too much. Good to be here, Matt. Lots going on in free agency. I used to downplay free agency. Like, ah, it's overrated. It wasn't <laughs> overrated this year, man. It's been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable. It's been fast and furious. I feel like the first wave may have come and gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, and I said this before, but like, by the time 4 p.m. Eastern Wednesday comes, free agency starts and is over. You know, <laughs> right, because right. we, we yeah. really sort of like know... I was talking to a guy who does contracts for a team last night, and he was like, you know, this tampering period uh, really gives some advantages to the players and um, also has done away with the old, the way it used to be was there'd be free agent visits. Yeah, I wanted to go there, yes. You know, like you could, you could, uh, let's say you're going to, you're going to sign CJ Mosley. Well, you... Bring it. You line up a visit, and all the reporters, or you know, Schefter would have been reporting everybody. Hey, visit lined up. He's going to go to visit the Jaguars, and then steak dinners. Yeah, steak dinners. He's going <laughs> right. to meet the coach. Uh, you know, but his position coach, and they're going to bring a star player. The quarterback's going to go to dinner. They're going to go to Morton Steakhouse or wherever. Mm-hmm. And then he's got two more visits lined up, maybe a third. And we're like, then we're like, okay, is the agent just lying about that? other visit or does he really have the visit okay well you know what we can't let him out of our building because if we do he's not signing with us you sort of had that that was your window you know we saw albert haynesworth at the airport yes now (laughs) the teams don't really know what cj mosley has (laughs) right because there's no trip they just you know the agent's got a nice little advantage so it's sort of the one week of the year for me when the players really have great power yeah i want to talk about that a little more because one thing I think that's a little bit like the old way is some of these injured guys like Jason Verrett, Darby, they're taking visits. And, you know, they, they didn't sign all, all, uh, automatically, although Aquan Alexander did, where I think that those team doctors, maybe, you know, maybe the Chiefs and Darby have a, a, have a deal in place, but I got to get my hands on you, see if your knee, your Achilles, whatever is okay. Yeah, and that's still the only the only thing that's going to trip up a deal is, uh, of course, the Anthony Barr syndrome, where he changed his mind, mm-hmm. or you know that that used to happen too, or a failed physical. So the failed physical is still contingent, but like in many cases, you are spending ten, fifteen million dollars a year. You're committing that before the guy has met your head coach, or maybe Think ever been to your city, or right, yes. <laughs> right. It's crazy, yeah, right? Like, uh, you know, it used to be like, like I live in the Seattle area, like, oh, the guy's got to travel four hours and it's pouring rain. He's never signing here. You know, you know what I mean? Or, or like, where was it? There's some, some NFL city has a bunch of snow yesterday. I can't remember who it is. What if they were trying to bring in somebody? You know, what if he couldn't get in? Dude, that's like my recruiting days. You know, when I was at Pitt, we recruited Miami heavy, but recruiting season is, it's cold. I mean, many of those kids I would pick up at the airport 
never saw snow, didn't have a coat, you know, I'd have a pit jacket yes. ready for them. I would take the, the exact perfect route through the Fort Pitt tunnels to make the city look as beautiful as possible. Avoid little areas of Pitt's campus, you know, like there yeah. were tricks, dude, right? <laughs> it's so, so true. And now that, hey, it's done, man. Yeah, done. absolutely. Last yeah. note on that, and then I want to talk about an article that just came out you wrote is, Everything you said is true, although in the olden days, I did get a kick out of, at 12.01, these five players signed. Like, wow, they got things done pretty quick. Yes, and I still, <laughs> I took a screenshot of it yesterday. So, uh, you know, I get, I'm on a bunch of the team uh, press releases, right? So when it comes out officially, well, so yesterday, like the NFL release comes out at right at the time of free agency starts. And it's like, you know, 541 players become free agents. And seriously, Matt, within like 20 minutes, there were 14 major releases from teams. You know, Antonio <laughs> Brown traded. All my inbox was was huge deals that happened within four minutes of yeah. people becoming free agents, which, of course, <laughs> is different with tampering. The, the tampering window now, it's all it's all done. Yeah, I, mean, I used to love, though, back in the day, everybody... Everything's opening at noon, but at 12.01, these three guys sign. Like, that's pretty quick to get a contract done. I'm People would be like, that's clearly tampering. And now they're like, all right, well, we got this period now where, you know. Yeah, so it's better. Um, this article I mentioned just came out like an hour ago. We're recording, as usual, about noon on Thursday. That's important this week because all of you listening, something might happen the second we, we stop the podcast. Who knows? But one takeaway that absolutely is holding up is your takeaway number five, Losing teams drive the market. Yeah. And if you're a bad team, you, you're probably in a more desperate situation. You probably don't have great players, so you don't have a, a tight cap situation. You know, you're just, you've got to get somebody. And I think what we've seen with some of these teams, other than Nick Foles, quarterback's in a different category. That's, sure. that's sure. highest price deal. I mean, that. But they're still a losing team. That's why they're getting a quarterback. But the Real quick, Nick Foles' note. I'm sorry. Did, did they compete against anybody for Nick Foles, though? I don't really think so. I don't either. And yet okay. it's $22 million. It's not like they lowballed him for $14 million because, number one, there's sort of a going rate of a quarterback. And number two, you know, it's got to be worth his while or he just spends another year of Philly. You yeah, know, yeah, They'll yeah. pay him or whatever. Uh, but, yes, the through yesterday, the, the five highest deals by annual average were all by losing teams. It was Nick Foles to Jacksonville, Trey Flowers to Detroit, C.J. Mosley to the Jets, Zedaria Smith to the Packers, who amazingly were a losing team, and uh, Trent Brown to Oakland. So mm -hmm. that's if you want to be in on that level, those were all $16.5 million a year or higher. That's teams saying, we don't we don't have, we don't care about our process, we don't care about our valuation. We're doing whatever it takes to get the player tough, and the rest of the league deal with it. Yeah, and, and you notice the Colts aren't on there. They're one of the teams that had tons of cap space, but they only really made one big move with Funchess. And, you know, the, the statement that losing teams drive the market isn't a positive one to me. I mean, I think a lot of it's driven because I don't want to lose my job. You know, I don't want to uproot my family. We do have cap space, and we're not very good to begin with, but maybe we got here because of some poor front office work to begin with. Um, I tend yeah. to think it's not good business. That's really where I'm going here. It's not, but, um, you know, that's just the league because the coaches are going to get fired. I mean, we, we sh you know, what do you want everybody to get a 10-year contract, everyone to be extremely disciplined? I mean, I think this is just 
part of it. It's exciting. It's it's really good for some of the players. You know, I mean, I think we we sort of look at this. You know, we, we grew up as fans of a league or the team or a team. We've worked covering a team, but you know, within that is the players too. And so I think this is you know their. We look at it always from the team perspective of like, okay, what's the strategic team building? But for the players, I mean, this is uh, this is awesome. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're CJ Mosley. Really, yeah. cool. But yes, but when you look at just how to build a team, I think Ballard's got it right. Now, Ballard has, Ballard being Chris Ballard of the Colts, um, he's got Andrew Luck too. So that's a nice insurance policy. You can be one and five and make the playoffs and win a playoff game um, last year. Not through the character of your team and all that too, but um, if you're – the Jets, who haven't had any, you know, they don't, haven't had a chance to win because of their quarterback. They're sort of in a different market with a different owner, and you've got to do something, right? You got to move the needle. You got to sign people, and yeah, it's not the wisest thing to spend a bunch of money on a running back or to pay C.J. Mosley like he's uh, an outside pass rusher. But what are your alternatives? Yeah. To play the long game, can Mike McKagan play the long game right now? <laughs> right, he's got ten months and he's done. And, and these, some of these teams have these young quarterbacks, and I'm all in favor of building around them. You know, Lev Bell makes sense with Darnold. Um, I just wanted to share one little nugget with our audience because on our, our Steelers show yesterday, we had Bob Labriola on, who I know pretty well. He's been with the, with Steelers for a lo- very long time, very dialed in, and he had a saying that he stole from Mr. Rooney, Dan Rooney, that. That, that one comes out of the PR budget. You know, like he used the Landon Collins example of some teams, and the Steelers weren't one of them, the Patriots aren't one of them, they need to sell tickets. They need to, you know, that one comes out of almost a different budget on the team from the like ownership perspective. Yeah. And I like the way that Mr. Rooney you know, phrased that. I thought that was good. Well, I think that's good. Uh, that is true. Um, and it could also affect timing of moves, big moves. If you're... If you're trading away a quarterback, you know the example that I w- that was presented to me at the combine by a guy who's a you know a, like a team president type guy was, mm-hmm. you know if Detroit is going to move Matt Stafford, it's much better for them to do it like late in the, you know June July whatever the not just because of the cap consequences being better, but you've locked in your revenue for the year. <laughs> you've kind yeah, of yeah. got your ticket sold. <laughs> Uh, you, you know what I mean. So uh, I'm not saying that's what the timing of why Khalil Mack was moved because it, it probably wasn't. But um, that type of that that is an aspect. The selling of the tickets is clearly a motivation, it, and uh, and just having buzz in your city. These owners and general managers they hear the talk shows, they read the coverage, and they know what everyone's talking about, and it's all they hear about. And they get tired of the fact that of hearing they didn't sign anybody. You know. Yeah, it's funny because during the same show yesterday, we took in calls, and a Steeler fan calls in and says, "Boy, the the Steelers have some some nerve sending me my season ticket bill today after Bell and Brown leave." You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, "Well, you're still going to pay it." He's like, "Yeah, I know." You know, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. <laughs> well, that I, I mean, there is a business. So. I cannot wait. I know we don't want to get up too many tangents, but I can't wait for AFC North this year because. It's on the topic list here for you. Let's yeah, come back and go there. I'm yeah. going to take a quick break, and we will do AFC North when we return. Here we go. All right. AFC North, to me, is extremely interesting. And I don't know if you saw the odds, but the Browns are clearly the Vegas leader to win the division right now, followed by the Steelers, quickly followed by Baltimore, since he's at the bottom, since he's done very little, and I guess not to be surprised. 
What's your initial take of all that? Well, on paper, I agree that I agree with Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I just also feel like this, you know, if you if you make that bet now, you're sort of at the lowest perception of Pittsburgh, right? I mean, oh, if they they lose Bell, they lose Antonio Brown. Or they, there's a whole off season there. They'll, I think, they're still a competent, stable organization. Whether they mishandled the, these situations or not, um, they've got Ben Roethlisberger. I think there's still a lot for Cleveland to prove. I mean, let's not forget, Freddie Kitchens is a first-time head coach. I've been saying that a lot. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens now has two starting receivers who are best friends who talked their way out of their previous team. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a lot uh, of personality. He's got a young quarterback who I I think Baker Mayfield is equipped to handle all of this. You know, I mean, I think he weathered last year great. I think he's the alpha. I think his personality could really help him. I don't think he's going to be a shrinking violet amid all of this. So I'm not worried about like ruining Baker Mayfield as much as I would be some other quarterbacks. But um, there's a lot that could go wrong there. Um, I I was laughing. It was very hilarious. The the Browns put out a tweet showed John Dorsey chewing gum. Did you see that yesterday? No, I didn't. It, it was hilarious because it looked like, you know, all this stuff was happening and he's just chewing gum like, I got this. You know, hey, <laughs> I, I got this. And, and I thought and that, would be like a, that would be a great thing for, like, you know, one of us to tweet out. But the team put it out. I'm like, <laughs> it's really not that simple. You know, all this stuff has to come together. There's a lot to come together. So I'm as excited as any Browns fan to see Cleveland. And I'd be hopeful, too, if I were them. But... I think it's one of those situations where, you know, the Steelers are going to sit there and hear all off season about how they're done. Yes. And, you know, the Steelers may come out and win 10 games. Exactly. Are the Browns going to win more? Uh, maybe. I mean, I mentioned the Vegas odds. It's If you put 100 down, you win 125 on the Browns. If you put 100 down, you win 250 on the Steelers. And I'm not predicting the Steelers will win the division, but if I have to put 100 down, it would be on Pittsburgh for sure. <laughs> yeah, they... ESPN asked me and half a dozen others um, to pick the winner of the division, and everyone did Cleveland, and I just was sort of that that guy. You know, I put mm -hmm. the Steelers and said, look, I reserve the right to abandon ship at any time, but let's just not get ahead of ourselves, too. You know, there's a lot that could go wrong with Cleveland. They have a lot to prove. Um, so we'll see, but I think it's fascinating. I was also very impressed by Zach Taylor's opening news conference and just how well thought out he is. So... You know, I wouldn't surprise me if they if if they were a more competent team. The Bengals were just a little bit of a more of a thorn in people's side than last year. And who knows with the Ravens, they're all just totally new, but they've got some exciting things going on too. Yeah, I love the Ingram signing. I love the Thomas signing. I've been saying for a while I expect the Bengals to be much better, not a bottom five type of team. I think that offense could be really, really good. Um but one last note on the the whole Brown Steeler situation is, you know, I've been with both organizations more or less, you know, and the the key I keep coming back to, to your point, is first-time head coach and the word expectations. You know, the Steelers yeah. are used to that. You know, that Cleveland might get the honor of going to New England for opening day, opening night. You know, like, they're going to be on prime time a lot. They're going to be dealing with a much different level of expectations. Absolutely. And they... I'm I'm excited for them, just like you know. It should be a blast. Fan, any fan of their team would be. It's going to be really cool. But I'm with you, and let's just let it play out. And I, I could be totally wrong picking the Steelers. Um, I just sort of did it to make the point you're making. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the Browns to me have clearly the best roster in the division. 
Yeah, yeah. I would say that too. Uh, they, you know, we'll see how their offensive line comes together, but I would agree with you. Uh, last thing this segment, I want to talk Giants with you. I mean, we can certainly talk Odell. Did they get enough that they didn't? That to me doesn't matter as much as what do you do from here? And I made it pretty clear on yesterday's podcast with Mark Schofield that if I were the Giants, I would sit there and say, I have to get Haskins. You know, I have, I have a lot of firepower now. Uh, the Niners just signed a, an outside linebacker. Maybe they don't aren't married to Bosa. I'm assuming Kyler Murray's off the board. And this is looking ahead, obviously, the draft. But if it takes me going to two to get Haskins, this all adds up. Get Odell out of the room. Get his contract out of there. Build a line. You still have Engram, Shepard, Barkley to get the, a young quarterback acclimated. I don't get the impression that's what they're going to do, though. And your, court, and your article kind of mentions this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what happened, it was, you know, people were just lambasting the Giants, right? And they don't have a plan, they don't have a plan. Then all of a sudden, we see reporters reporting what their plan is, right? So they got sensitive to hearing they don't have a plan. And then, <laughs> but, but the plan, what, what we heard was they're keeping Eli, which I could see. I, I could see keeping him and drafting a guy, right? I mean, I could see doing Good mentor. That. Yeah, right. Good mentor. But then it was like they may not take a quarterback early. They may not take one at all. Um, really? I you're mean, unless you still like this crop, year. I mean, if are you, you you're just going to reload with this team and see, you know, see if are they saying that Odell Beckham was such a drain on the team that they're going to suddenly be a contender this year with just whoever you would draft to replace them or or whatnot? You know, I I don't know about that. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like they they screwed up in in evaluating themselves last year and. You know, we can debate all day whether they should have taken a quarterback. They, they probably should have. Um, and now, how do you fix that? Well, you draft one now, and, you know, you're behind where you would have been a year ago. But at least you got decent compensation for Beckham. I didn't think it was horrible. You know, you no, get a first, first, a third. You get a player who was a first-round pick, right, with Jabril Peppers. Yeah. Was and he's 20th or 25th or something overall. And he's promising. Uh, yeah, and he's fine players. Good enough. So uh, they can recover, uh, but I think – if you just went with Eli a whole another year and we're in the same quarterback boat a year from now, um, I don't know how smart that is. Now, maybe they'd be picking so high they could get a different quarterback that they like, but at a certain point, you got to take one. I mean, I can't blame them if, I mean, my Haskins plan's great, but if they don't like Haskins, you don't take Haskins and you don't trade up for them. And maybe they look at this draft like there isn't a franchise quarterback. I mean, well, I would. That, that's yeah. what Cleveland did with Carson Wentz. They didn't right, think right. he was a franchise quarterback. Or, you know, you can do that. You can't just do that forever, holding out for Tom <laughs> right. Brady and say, "Hey, we're That's only going to quarterback right. when Andrew Luck's coming out." You know, you have to find. There's going to be somebody. It seems like there's somebody almost every year who ends up being decent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, last year was maybe it's Baker Mayfield up last year's year. Maybe it's two or three. Maybe it's Darnold Mayfield and whoever. But so one of those guys is going to be better three years from now than Eli Manning will be, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> three months from now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> certain point. Yeah, and again, that's just a risky business. So next year's quarterback class is so much better. We're going to wait. Well, years yeah, go by quick. Coach. You get a different coach and GM at a certain point. Yeah, right. And everybody's a year older, and it's, you know, things happen quicker on here. Um, one more break, and we're going to come back. I want to talk a little bit more about this article that Mike wrote. There's some really good stuff there. You all have to check it out. All right, we are back. Let's talk Raiders a little bit. Um, your headline basically is, sure, the Raiders could still unload Derek Carr. 
but they're also set up to evaluate them more fairly. And I think that's really well put. Well, thank you. I'm glad that. Uh, well, yeah, sure. One of my items was decent. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're a classic team too, where we can quibble all day with paying what you paid for Trent Brown. Uh, you know the. the dumping Mac and then putting money into a safety and a wide receiver or whatever, you know, all of that stuff. It's sort of like giants criticisms from a, of their process a year ago or whatever. But um, I do think that they're a better team now, obviously than they were two weeks ago. And, you know, you've got a couple of tackles. We'll see, you know, in my piece, I, the guy I quoted said, he's convinced that Trent Brown will go to right tackle and he'll be lined up against Ron Miller and Bosa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got the pick last year, uh, Colton Miller. So you'll you basically know who your tackles are for the next four years, hopefully. Yes. You've got now not one but two difficult to to defend receivers, right? And you know that that Gruden's going to manage Antonio Brown. I mean, he he managed Joey Galloway, got two the two best yardage years of Joey Galloway's career. He's managed Tim Brown, and Jerry Rice, right? I think he can manage that one um, at least for a year or two. So. Yeah, they're going to be in position to know to, to really see if Derek Carr can have the type of year that good quarterbacks have. Yeah, agreed. And I think he's deserved that. I mean, it's not up to me. Maybe Gruden wants nothing to do with him. But I would love to see Carr in a better situation. At least we know he needs to be protected. He, he's got receivers now that I think you can give him 16 games, truly evaluate him. Yep. No, I agree. And they they have to. I mean, look, they're also going to the new stadium next year, the new city. So mm -hmm. I think that you'll want to have all that stuff squared away and be an exciting product. Yeah, they're a little different than everybody that way because, you know, they're moving the new city and all those things like you mentioned. So I thought Brown made more sense for them than it would another team that's, you know, one of the worst in the league. Yep, and that's why I thought they could have been in for Odell, too, you know, who would be the excitement factor. But I think, just knowing John Gruden, he loves the grinder, you know, and Antonio Brown is a grinder as oh, far yeah. as his work ethic and all that. So he's a self-made player, you know, late round pick. Uh, this isn't in your article, but it was dawning on me as we were talking quarterbacks with Giants and Raiders. Personally, if I'm one of five teams, Washington, Miami, I'm all over the call on the Cardinals for Rosen. Are you hearing anything? Do you have an opinion on that? I mean, I'm operating under the assumption that Murray's going number one, obviously. Yeah, I have heard nothing, and I think that's normal because uh, it's not like the Cardinals need to start worrying about getting a contract done with Kyler Murray. I think they can. I think anything that would happen there would likely happen um, right up, right up to the draft. Because I mean, if the Cardinals are smart, because um, you know, what if something happens to Kyler Murray? You know, he's arrested or his status changes in some way the sure. night before the draft, right? Turned, you don't want to have already traded Rosen, and now now you have a, a non-viable player. Unlikely to happen. But... Video of a bong mask comes out. Yeah, right? and I, I, mean, it's just, <laughs> I feel dirty for even mentioning that in association with him because the guy's done nothing. To no, that. of course but, not. But, but right. that, that Laramie Tunchell thing, you know, if that had been a reason for you not to want to take the player... I think you've got to keep all options on the table right up to the draft. Um, and so I wouldn't think we would hear necessarily uh, this far out where Rosen could go. Um, teams will also have this time to evaluate the quarterbacks in the draft and decide, you know, I don't really want Rosen. I'd rather take this guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that stuff has to shake itself out. But 
Um, yeah, I would be looking to him. I think, you know, there were mixed opinions on him coming out, so not everyone's going to love him. Um, but somebody should like him. Right, right. I mean, I like him, but I've never sat down with the young man. I mean, people say his personality can be off-putting. Who knows? So your hunch is if that gets done, that's maybe a draft day deal. It should be. Yeah. Maybe maybe news if it comes out before then, but it, it really it really shouldn't be done early. Last team I want to bring up is the 49ers, and you've kind of laughed at every time I bring them up because every time, this time of year, they are one of the consensus, worst to first, you know, the type of teams, and it never quite happens. And I absolutely think that the Browns and the Niners will be the most popular picks this year for that honor, you know, that they're coming back from nowhere. Do you think that we'll see that from people that do what we do for a living? And are you close to being on board, or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll naturally see it, see it with uh, the 49ers. And I'm on board to the extent that if Garoppolo's healthy, I believe that Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller, and they'll mm-hmm. be a better team. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they were 500 if their quarterback's healthy. But I'm not predicting, uh, you know, that they're going to overtake the Rams, the Rams or- and Seahawks in that division. Um, you know. The last two years, they have fewer victories than the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, that's... You know what I mean? says a lot, yeah. And yet, it's sort of like there's been excitement. And I understand the quarterback, you know, getting hurt and all that. But he's gotten hurt most of the times that he's played. So mm-hmm. let's just see how that goes. Over, Are you going to, you know, do you like Garoppolo more than Russell Wilson and Jared Goff at this point? They're in the division, right? I mean, so playoffs and all that, I think, is a harder... Thing for me to buy at this time. I, I may regret saying this, but I'd rather have Garoppolo than Goff. But the, the injury thing is gigantic. I, I'm a huge Garoppolo believer, but it's hard. I mean, he's never on the field. Yeah, but, you know, they could win 10 games this year, too, if he comes back and everything comes together. So I'm just not, I'm not betting on it the same way I'm not just, like, betting on Cleveland yet. You know, let's see it. Yeah, I, I hear you. My last Niners note is... That front seven with Buckner and Armstead and now D Ford and Quan Alexander and Warner behind those guys and maybe Bosa opposite Ford looks pretty darn enticing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they sh- I do believe they should make a big jump defensively. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, especially like you said, they've got the draft ahead of them. So they have uh, to create more turnovers. They do, I mean, and some of that just luck. Yeah, some of it's a little luck, so I would think some of that would even out anyway. Um, Absolutely. But, but, yeah, defensively, so where did we have him last year in our rankings? Uh, well, 23rd is a little better than I thought, but still not good. So um, they've got to get to at least middle of the pack on defense and then be a little better than that on offense because of Shanahan and Garoppolo. And then they're the team that people are talking about where you know maybe they're in the hunt for playoffs. Yeah, very well said, as usual. Mike, let's do it again next Thursday. This was a blast. This is a type of thing we could do for hours and hours. There's millions of things to talk about, but I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely, bud. We'll see you.